Welcome on into the show. My name is Danny Gallagher, and I'm joined by the Snare Campaign for Provocateur. And to quote Big and Rich, he's coming to your city pretty soon. It's Benny Horowitz. What's up, dude? True, back in the market. I'm still a little blown away by a guy like you who looks just like Jimmy Chitwood <laughs> sitting here ragging on Hoosiers. That's a terrible film. Louding Field of Dreams is a great film. Listen, I mean, don't you even remember Dennis Hopper as Shooter? I'm just going to say this about Hoosiers, okay? I've hit that shot from where he hit it at Hinkle Field House. <laughs> Not that hard. If I can do oh, it. I'm, I'm, I'm oh. hit the shot. If Jimmy Chitwood was a real person, be rolling over in his grave. Uh, he'd probably still be alive, actually. Be, yeah, what, 50s, long ago. be in his 50s. Oh, man. But what's up but with yes, you, dude? Yes, it's true, Denny. I will be ragamuffin around this great land of ours soon enough again. I'm uh, excited and also anxious to do things like this again, you know, Yeah. in this new world. But it's exciting. It's exciting to uh, have something like that in the future. And I'm getting that. It's so funny how it happens. You know, I've been in a good year of the last like 18 months. I've been in pretty full like pandemic shape. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm not doing great. Yeah. <laughs> and the second I start booking shows, my brain just goes into like training mode. I really think like I can never let more than like two months of my life go without booking a show <laughs> just to ensure I stay healthy for the, it's literally the only thing that can drive me to not be a total piece of shit. Oh, that's funny. So by the way, I saw those dates and um, if you haven't seen them, Benny and mercy union going on the road with uh, Dave Hawes, it's going to be awesome. They're going to Europe, which by the way, I was looking at these dates. We talk all the time about players in the NBA taking rest days. You have back to back to back for like three weeks. So Shout yeah. out to you, man. That's got to take a lot out of the mentals. I mean, like, it's one of those. It's sure it's it's hard. But I mean, once you kind of get in the groove, um, you sort of like want to show every day sometimes as long as you're physically holding up, you know, mm. it kind of makes the whole thing go faster. There are a couple drive days on there. I noticed like mm. a long trip to Milan and things like that, which actually in the past, you know, side side thing. <laughs> I've gotten vertigo mm. on tour from that section of the drive mm. from the bus, uh, you know, forced air. If I'm already like a little sick or drinking too much or something on tour, the bus making that trip through the Alps yeah. has like fucked me up before to the point that I've seen doctors on tour thinking I had some serious vertigo because of the whole thing. It's weird. Well, I have a funny side story to tell you about a racist Swedish doctor, but I don't want to talk about that on the air. Oh, all right. Well, we will get to that in the encore or some sort of extra after. But I'll tell you what, Benny, you talked about being in the groove. You know what segment is always in the groove? Oh, tell me. This day music history. Do, 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 do. This one's fun. So I'm literally taking us out of this earth today. Oh, okay. Okay. So the Voyager, this day in 1977, the Voyager 2 space probe is launched, carrying with it the golden record of sounds and images representing Earth, uh, along with greetings in 55 languages. There's traditional songs from around the world that are uh, 
you know, Bach, Beethoven, Mozart representing rock is Johnny Be Good by Chuck Berry. On the cover of the golden record, it contains instructions on how to play the record. Mm. A stylus is included, shows what direction it should spin and that it should start from the outside. Then binary arithmetic indicates the speed at which it should be played, 3.6 seconds per rotation. Now, even funnier than this is the whole record and the project was curated by Carl Sagan, hmm. the world's you know maybe most famous uh, astronomer. And I went pretty deep on this one because I thought it was so interesting and found it brought me to my buddy, my buddy Torsten's company, JPL, the mm, Jet Propulsion right. Laboratory of NASA. And I'm on their site. And uh, it the one interesting thing about this is that the Voyager is still like 40,000 years away from like getting to anywhere. So... Uh, this golden record could literally be discovered by some like, you know, different alien species like 20,000 years from now. But Sagan himself noted that the spacecraft will be encountered and the record played only if there are advanced spacefaring civilizations in interstellar space. But the launching of this bottle into the cosmic ocean says something very hopeful about life on this planet. So, respect to that there's a lot of you should look into it because there's a lot of really interesting stuff that they put on this they uh you know they began with a uh, akkadian uh akkadian rhythms uh spoken in sumer six thousand years ago they ended with Wu, a modern chinese dialect it's like a really interesting thing that they sent out there into space so this day in 1977 respect to the golden record wow well Pretty cool, huh? Yeah, pretty cool. Well, you know, oh, golden records. I I want to talk about a golden record for my this day music history. Uh-oh. And Betty, you, the way your voice went, I thought you were going to get into like golden showers. You start oh, to sound oh, kind of okay, creepy. Okay, hey man, yeah. someone's been watching a little bit too much Super Bad. Okay, I see you over here. Uh, no, but Benny's uh, humility won't let him to bring this up. But on this day, thirteen years ago, and yes, we're recording it uh. on Thursday. 59 sound came out every year we got to celebrate this but benny because this is your contra big contribution to music i want to ask you what's one question about that record you're surprised nobody ever asks oh wow jeez well that would be up for a really cunning and intelligent (laughs) interviewer to come up with wouldn't it would that be me that'd be you to yourself (laughs) (laughs) Nah, i mean I mean, it's pretty well covered, especially since we did the oral history, mm. you know, a lot of the background of like how we got there. I, I don't know. I think one thing uh, that's maybe always overlooked, so I guess it's something I could note, is that, you know, even though Brian, of course, is the head lyricist, always the lyricist and the head songwriter of Gaslight, those early records, particularly, you know, like up until you know, handwritten once we started getting into big studios, big producers, and it became a little bit of a different hat. Like it was really a very communal effort. And it was like a lot of different. I like how on something like 59 sound, all those individual efforts that were brought into the band shine a lot. You know, like you can really tell Alex likes the cure. You know, you can really tell 
Brian was trying to go with something with the effects on his voice and the type of stuff we were listening to. You can tell that I was making this active effort to bring like Motown music into punk rock, you know, with all these sometimes badly played like four in the floor beats and stuff that, you know, I was obviously stealing from the temptations and then Motown stuff. Um, so I think there's a lot of stuff like that where like, if you can step back from it, part of the reason I think it's cool in the first place is not only those contributions, but how those contributions had their own space to shine inside the records, you know? How often does that happen where it's like, you know, it is like the higher you get up the food chain and the more corporate it gets, you know, there's more involvement and it's like less creative than it was. I don't think it has to be. Mm. I just think it takes like discipline and being able to do the things you did in a different way. You know, it's like Brian used to get excited about a song played on his acoustic on like a little dictaphone and like beat me or call me or something. It'd be like, where are you? I'd be like, I'm, I'm at the bar in New Brunswick and he would drive down. This literally happened. Wow. Brian drove down from North Jersey once met me at McCormick's in New Brunswick. I walked outside and listened to a demo in his car with him. You know, like this is the, the world we used to live in. So I think it's, uh, a matter of taking that energy and moving it into a new space. And then I think it's doubly important in that regard to not, uh, I mean, you're hiring people and you're hiring producers and you want to listen to them and you want to take what they say. But I think it's important at that point to have enough confidence in your own vision that you can still see it through and not be too misguided by the people around, you know? Still needs that one singular vision to be there or else the whole thing falls apart, you know? Joining us on the tune-up now, she is the pride of Hamburg, New Jersey. Shout out <laughs> Sussex County, 973. But you probably know her as host of Sports Night on SNY. Give it up for Maria Marino. Hey. What's up? Here I am. Thank you. Thank you so much. I like I can't to do believe... the town of Hamburg proud. <laughs> I can't, I, and and to say, I've been to hundreds of towns in New Jersey to play shows, <laughs> go to shows, do weird things, and you are from one that I had to go to Germany to visit. So ah, fair, <laughs> impressive, fair. impressive. Fact, I mean, I do what I can, you know. <laughs> the Jersey fact, born and raised. That's that's the important thing. That's right. right. That's right. It's we all got, about New Denny. Jersey. Denny, do you have it marked? I do not. Um. Here's the peanut right there. I love New Jersey. I just don't love it as uh, enough to get it permanently inked on my body. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> different strokes for different Fair. folks. One I'm day. with you on that. I'm with you on that. But, but thanks for having me. Of course. So Maria is with us today because we are going to draft the top 15 athletes in New Jersey. Best top, however you want to uh, illustrate it. And this entire idea, uh, just for context to the audience so maria's co-worker uh at sny he hosts uh the new york new york podcast on the ringer jordan jastremski um pride of long island right staten island stat off oh, well figures there there goes the entire <laughs> list right there um actually he- that gives a little more cred actually for me <laughs> <laughs> for someone from jersey i appreciate a staten island yes yeah. but 
he put out a list of the top 15 athletes in New York right now, and he got a lot of blowback on the internet. So what better way to answer the call than to come up with our own top 15 list, and we're going to draft them, how this is going to work. Uh, Since Marie is our guest, she is going to pick first, uh, and then Benny will go, and then I will go, and then we will snake draft it the other way until we hit our 15. And along the way, well, we'll just see what happens and react in the meantime. So without any further ado... With the first overall pick in the tune-up 2021 New York whatever draft, Maria, you're on the clock. <laughs> okay, even though I'm on the clock, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna kill a little bit of time here. Ooh, just to say yeah. that before we move forward here, lists are meant to be debated. That's right. Yeah. And there's no perfect list. Um, <laughs> and when we're in sports media, we love we love our lists. We love our goat conversations and. The reason being, like, there's so many different things that can go into it. Everyone has a, a different perspective. Everyone has a different criteria. So I just want to um, shout out JJ, in a sense, for putting a list out there, because the whole point is to generate buzz and to get people talking and having right. a good conversation. Uh, and I'm not, I, I didn't get a chance to see exactly what his criteria is. But for us, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very much in the moment. I'm very much in the moment as uh, this is a, our right now list. That, so this can be ever changing. So That's right. that kind of, that kind of gives me a little like cushion. If something happens in a couple months here, <laughs> yeah. Okay. But without further ado, that was my disclaimer, but I am going to stay with, um, with Jacob deGrom as my first overall pick. Strong. Can't argue I mean, with that. It's, right. It's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to argue with. I mean, my my only question with Degrom at this point, at thirty three, hmm. like with the the problems he's had and how far off sometimes the Mets seem, like yeah. are we are we already past peak Jacob Degrom at this point? That's a good question. I mean, at the beginning of the season, at the first half of the season, he was in the MVP conversation. Hundred percent, yeah. Because I've already shot myself in the foot by saying this is very much right here, right now, that kind of hurts my argument because he's obviously <laughs> injured at the moment. But I still believe that he will pitch before the end of the season. Um, and you know what? You got to you got to figure out team too. And there's a good chance that um, the playoff Mets are in somewhat of a playoff jeopardy right now. So yeah. we'll we'll see how it goes. But he's a two-time Cy Young winner, um, and he was just at, at the top of his game. He was in his prime. So um, it's it's really between him and, and I think, Kevin Durant, which I think whoever's picking second is, is <laughs> if I had to guess, is going to go that way. But let's find out. You know what I wonder, too, is for, for almost every pitcher in baseball, we had that obvious A-B Ooh. from pre to post sticky stuff. Ah. And DeGrom, we didn't get it. You know, he was injured oh, before that went. I'm curious to see yeah. if he was a sticky stuff fan. Well, everybody, all his whole team basically was like vouching for him, saying, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't use that. I mean, Degrom to me is like such a, he's so pristine and pure. Yeah. Milk like, I just fed. Can't, yeah. Oh God, I can't. Like, he doesn't. <laughs> the man doesn't even use like Twitter, so I feel like, <laughs> you know, I just think of him as just this, just this great guy. And not that I'm not saying that if you had previously used sticky substance. You're not a great guy, but you know. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> All, right. All right. Who's next? Benny? Is it me? That's right. With the well, second overall luckily pick. for me, as my only uh, actual employment in the sports media industry 
is this podcast. <laughs> I have no need to shield myself from the <laughs> aggregators. No pillows. You could come at me all you want. I'm an open book. Let's talk about it. But luckily, an easy one fell into my lap. Just watched his interview with Draymond Green, the king of New York basketball, Kevin Durant, Olympic champion, one toenail away from taking the box (laughs) out of the playoffs. Isn't that right, Denny? We've talked about that a bunch. (laughs) Listen, I mean, to me, we talked about it on the podcast. Like, you know, if you asked me prior to the injury who the best player in basketball was, we were starting to get into a very short list of like, is it Katie or LeBron like three Mm -hmm. years ago? You know, then the injury happens Katie is, you know, fed through this media narrative for years. He's meant to be the pariah. And then he comes back and it kind of was like a proving ground all season long. You know, that that a you can trust the fact that he's going to stay healthy and b that he can perform at that level. Well, I don't know how many times the guy was supposed to prove it. He carried the entire team on his back through the playoffs and then was the best player on the Olympic team and has surely not only cemented himself as like, the best basketball player in New York, mm-hmm. but maybe the best basketball player in the world. Indeed. So this is going to be a very long podcast if we talk about every single pick, but I'm <laughs> thinking, here's my prediction. I'm thinking as yeah. we get a little deeper into the list, we'll probably just rattle off a little bit more, but for now I'm just going to respond because <laughs> of course, why KD not? Deserves the floor. <laughs> <laughs> he does because he does. Um, I think uh, a lot of us were, sort of um, relieved and, and uh, when, when we saw him play this, this past season, when he was on the floor, when he was healthy, right. um, didn't really lose a step, looked very much himself um, despite the injury. So to me, like, that's like not even a thing anymore. It's like yeah. Duran is Duran and he is, he's playing like the best scorer in the league and one of the best score, scorers um, in the world. And, uh, you know, you already said all the accolades. So I'm, I'm with you on it. I love it. All right. Am I up with, with yes, taking you're up. No, the other guy. All right. So New York in the past decade and change, not exactly a lot of winning happening. And I think yes. in, in, in any conversation like this, there needs to be somebody that vouches for winners and some and the sustained success, which this town has not seen a bunch of. With all of that said, you know, throw all of your big boards out immediately because I'm going way off the menu. At number three, I'm going with my girl Carly Lloyd, Ballon d'Or winner. There's only one other person on this list who you can say at one point in time was the best at what they do in the entire world, and that was Carly mm-hmm. Lloyd. Uh, she's wrapping up her U.S. Women's National Team career in a four-game stretch uh, in the Midwest this fall. Uh, she saw the revival of, of uh, Sky Blue to Gotham City, moved up to Red Bull Arena. So just what she's meant to New Jersey soccer on the whole, U.S soccer uh, on the whole didn't get it done in the olympics but she's won guys and she's won a lot and she's one of the few people on any of these lists that have had clutch uh plays in the championship or big time moments. Yeah. so for all of those reasons carly lloyd my first pick i love that i love it too i really love the emphasis on winning um and you know one thing when i when i saw like a, a top 15 list floating around i thought to myself I, I could see maybe a Carly Lloyd uh, breaking into it. And he, when we talk about prime, I, I'm not going to debate whether she's in her prime too much because I'm not 
I'm not an expert on the matter. Um, you know, she's obviously a, a, toward the tail end of her career, just announced her ret- retirement. But as far as winning is concerned, like respect. Yeah. Um, but I guess that means it's my turn. And <laughs> this is where I get nervous because yeah. I feel like, um, I feel like this is where it starts to get tougher. Um, dicey, a little so, dicey. So just some of the, um, some of the people that I, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about right now and I'm, I'm literally making this decision as we go here. So I'm, I'm deciding right now, but I like, um, I like the idea of there being a Yankee um, on the list because even though they haven't won championships in the past 10 years, um, you're still looking at winning season after winning season, postseason after postseason, And they're one of the few consistent um, New York teams to do that. Yeah. So who, who's, who's the leader? Who's, who's the catalyst? Who's sort of the, um, the Yankee right now. Um, I, I want to say Garrett Cole, but I'm going to say somebody that's in the lineup a lot more, you know, when he's healthy and impacting more games with his bat. So I'm going to go Aaron judge. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Now what is at this point, Aaron judge is kind of like, is he, is he, as he goes, the Yankees offense goes, is that, is he um, turning into one of those players? He is off and on. That's, that's a, a good, um, that's a good question because I think in baseball that changes a lot unless you are, I mean, elite of the elite, which, you know, you could definitely say he's in that conversation, but it's interesting. Like we talked about, um, I think we were talking about DJ LeMayhew and, yeah, you know, sort of, like a year or two ago, like when he was in the MVP conversation, he was he was the person in that lineup that yeah. was providing that. But now I now I'm not sure. Um, right. But I'm going to I'm going to stick to my guns. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love I mean, I'm the like world's yeah. biggest Aaron Judge fan. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I I stare at his stats waiting for a progression towards that rookie season again. Yeah. Which I don't know if we're ever going to get at this point, because now we're getting into three full seasons where he's looking like a very good player. Yeah. But maybe not that like next level superstar bat. But with his age and his skill, I mean, he's not even in. I think he has something like 160 or 170 career home runs already. And he's not in his prime power years yet. So the idea that like we've seen the best version of Aaron judge, I'm not so sure. Right. Yeah. This- and I'm just not so sure who, like I said, who else would it be if it's not him in this spot? That's, that's sort of my, my question right now. So if you have another answer by all means. <laughs> well, since, since I'm next on the list. Okay. And what am I coming at? Number four now, Denny five, five, five. I'm going straight to the person you passed up on. And I think Garrett Cole is probably at this point, Aaron judge is like the face of the Yankees. Yes. And I think, I think he will be as long as he's there because I mean, he's one of the last, you know, that group of Torres and Sanchez and judge, you know, a lot of us imagine that was the, the rebirth of the nineties group. You know, mm-hmm. actual homegrown players that we've been hearing about from the minor leagues and coming up. Everybody knew who Aaron Judge was 
two or three years before he even made it to the Yankees. Like we, everybody, nobody roots for anybody on the Yankees harder than Aaron judge. But to me, as far as like, who's currently the more important player to the New York Yankees, I would say Cole, just for the fact that like, you know, uh, a team does not win a world series without, uh, superstar ace. He is clearly that ace. I mean, he's had sub three ERAs for the last three seasons. Um, you know, one of those bulls that can go out there, you know, every time he's supposed to, and maybe not this season, bad example for that, but he's also still just 30 years old. Um, Mm -hmm. which I think, you know, gives this long shelf life on who he can become. I mean, he's two years removed from that season where he, you know, was a 20 game winner and had 325 strikeouts and like just over 200 innings. Like he has that chance to be that guy. And what I hope for is this, like, I want a full year of Cole versus DeGrom, you know, this would be great. Like both of them being in Cy Young seasons. Hopefully that can happen next season. So I'm going Garrett Cole for mine. I cannot believe that number one, Benny, I can't believe that you put me in this position in this draft, but we cannot get out of the top six without putting Kyrie Irving in here. And this is is a big point of contention. I have been probably the one of the louder Kyrie critics with all of the nonsense that goes up. But what did I say at the top that my criteria for this was winning being clutch in the big moment. Kyrie's done that. I know last season was not what Brooklyn Nets fans wanted, but if you're talking about best players in the NBA, two, maybe three of the top 10 play in in New York right now. If you get Mm -hmm. out of the second round without taking Kyrie in this particular draft, that'd just be crazy. I, yeah. No, go, go ahead then. Oh, I was just going to make fun of Denny (laughs) for how many times in the last like two years I've heard this guy just go nuts on Kyrie. Hates Kyrie, hates the attitude, doesn't find his alluring, subversive, alternative mindset like I do. Been knocking the guy, you know, for his flat earthing and his uh, getting out there and, you know, helping small children instead of playing basketball, (laughs) Denny, you know? So so I'm I'm shocked. I'm just shocked to hear him in this spot for you, you know? He's had a lot of words for the man. Denny, get your rebuttal in real quick. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like, I don't think there much more needs to be said. Uncle yeah. Drew, lousy movie, but, you know, if if, if you would <laughs> but say... hilarious skit, though. What? Oh, Pretty hilarious, funny. hilarious. Yeah. But, you know, you can't take... He's he's still one of the faces of the NBA. Can't bump him to the third round. So, okay, fair. Um, so that was number six. So mm-hmm. I'm in the, the first pick of the third, third round, round now. Right. Yeah. Now, I... Um, I mean, it's kind of the same type of argument, I think, with this next pick as what you're saying um, for James Harden. Now, he hasn't gone all the way. He hasn't won a championship in his career, but he's been um, an MVP. He should, in my opinion, already be a two-time MVP. But um, sometimes uh, that just, you know how voting works out. Uh, (laughs) But but you're talking about... um, a talent who, again, like it just so happens that three of maybe the top 10 players in the NBA play for the Brooklyn Nets. And he was, in my opinion, the MVP of the Nets all year long. Um, unfortunately, he kind of he he got an injury at a bad time. He injured yeah. himself sort of late in the season, came back 
um, potentially a little too early and we, we couldn't really see him um, be himself in the playoffs, but he's just a, a brilliant facilitator and somebody that completely changed the game. And I, I, um, I applauded him for how he changed his approach. I think when he came to Brooklyn, he was very mm-hmm. much unselfish and very much just like whatever the team needs, like I'll run the point, whatever, you know, and he was averaging like 11 assists or something insane yeah. like that. So I mentioned before lists are imperfect. Um, and I just so happened to have picked two baseball guys from my first two picks. So I'm switching up and I'm going hard for, for hoops. Well, I am a hundred percent with you on this one. And I have Harden personally way over Kyrie on this list for the fact that to me, you watch the nets last season, you watch the combination of players, the unbeatable group of players was when Kevin Durant and James Harden were on the floor at the same time you know, whatever, how many games that actually was. It was very few. Um, But to me, like, as you said, watching Harden come in here and take a backseat in scoring and really view himself as a facilitator and playmaker for Kevin Durant and great scorers like that, in a strange way, he didn't make Kyrie, you know, um, someone you couldn't have on the team. He's not replaceable. But he's, to me, the most replaceable of the three to make this tick at this point. This gets a little sticky. I'm going to stick up for Denny here for a second. Okay. Um, Because I hear what you're saying. Um, To me, the the way I see the big three is you need two of the big three to – to work. Like, I think if two of the three were healthy in the playoffs, they would have been just fine. And that's why when Kyrie got injured, then it, it changed everything. But actually I, as I said before, I thought James was the most valuable, just the way he uh, facilitates, but you know, in the stretch where Durant was injured, which was like 20 something games. So he was out and their record, I mean, it was like 19 and yes, four or something like that. It's true. And yeah, so that's true. I just have to, I, I have to call you out on that, but yeah, good point. <laughs> no, you're right. You're but right. Feel you're free, right. But, but it's, it's so sticky. Like it's so when you're getting into these arguments again, it's, it's like, like splitting hairs to use a cliche. So it's all good. <laughs> does, does the look of like, let's take Katie out of the picture. Yeah. Does a James Harden and Kyrie Irving led Nets get as far as they just got? Ah, uh, that's that's a hard that's a hard one. It's, it's a <laughs> hypothetical. I mean, look, Durant's the the most talented. I mean, Durant is the best player. Yeah. Right. But the, again, when we talk about MVP, best player, most valuable, it's all a little it's all a little hazy. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Because Durant. Um, you know, he almost carried them past the Bucks, but it just wasn't. You can't have your. You can't have as much as a superstar as he is. It's just not a sustainable thing to have that guy just be the go-to every single play, and you know, yeah, just yeah, try yeah. to try to get the last shot. So that's true. I don't know if I answered your question. I may have dodged it, but well, <laughs> that's that's the aggregator pillow you threw out at the beginning. Yeah, you're exactly. Safe. You're safe. I can't wait for Benny to come in with the next pick and be like, "Of course, uh, Kyrie and James would have come in because Bruce Brown." No, no. If either of us, if I say Bruce Brown or you say Patty Mills, we're kicked off. We can't have four of fifteen on the net. No, no, the big city. 
No. It's a big city. We can't do it. I know you wanted to put Patty Mills on this thing. <laughs> He's way you down. Can't. Maybe if we did he a top He hasn't even 25. taken a dribble in New York yet. You can't put him on yet. So wait, whose pick is it? That's Benny, right? All right. He's at number eight? Yes, yeah, sir. we're at the number eight. So okay. I, I got to go across the river here and give a little respect because I know my brother and some other people are freaking out that we haven't talked about the Knicks at all, the playoff Knicks. And... I know you would think I'm going to go a little off the beaten path. I don't see Julius Randle as the future of New York. To me, he's not the linchpin of everything that's going to be moving forward. And I think it would be a little bit of a reach and kind of silly to base a team you expect to win a finals around that guy. I think he's a great player, but I don't think he's that guy. I think that guy on the Knicks is R.J. Barrett. And I think he is the most important player for the New York Knicks. He's going into year three, marked improvement last year in everything across the board, scoring, percentages, facilitating, and he's only 21 years old. And I think this is the year that he cements himself as the king of the Knicks and maybe gets his his long-term deal coming off of his rookie deal. Murray, super, for some context, super bold. For what? some context, with Benny, he also thinks Lamelo Ball is going to be MVP next year. So. <laughs> Not next year. He said next five years. Okay, um, I so never said MVP. I said now, great basketball, only, and I was right. The only thing I'll say is that we're going a little bit on, you know, sort of a future, a little bit of a what if. This is yeah. To, I'm buying stock right now. Yeah, yeah, you're buying stock as opposed to like what what's been done you know recently (laughs) so yeah I mean I I totally understand your argument I think right now since we're ultra right now I I would have gone Randall but it's not my turn (laughs) (laughs) well I'm coming up next and you know there's a funny thing that Harden Barrett and Randall that we brought up they haven't won anything. They haven't won yeah. anything, and I think that yeah. that's super important. Now, there's a couple different ways I, I could go. Uh, we have a, a, a decent-sized hockey contingent that listens to the podcast. I could go that way. But, you know, I kind of uh, separated this into three tiers of players, and I'm sort of shocked that this guy is here and available right now. So I'm going to go with Joey Gallo right now, who's been leading the resurgence of the Yankees. Wow. And he's a two-time Gold Glove winner, yeah, man. You know, if 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 we're gonna be super right now, um, and and also have a guy that has a, a little bit of of pedigree in the past as well, um, I think keeping Joey Gallo as of August 2021 in the top ten is is a smart idea. It's just about the New York Italian thing. <laughs> that means nothing <laughs> to me. I'm as Irish as can be, bro. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that was number nine, right? Yeah. So. This is this is where it gets a little tough, and this is why I'm I'm happy that we're doing this list this way, where it's a draft and it's three of us kind of going round robin because no no one of us can be blamed for this list. <laughs> however, <laughs> one, however, you know, if anyone wants to criticize this list, it's not my fault. It's not your fault. I mean, no. we're we're just spitballing and picking who's available and whatnot. So part of me, because uh, it's my turn, right? Yeah. Yes. It's my turn. I'm number ten. Yep. Part of me um, thinks that there should be a hockey representation. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also am not a big hockey gal. So I feel (laughs) kind of silly 
Um, I feel a little silly about it. Um, but at the same time, football wise, as you mentioned, Denny, like there yeah. hasn't been a lot of winning done and there's been a lot of really bad football played in New York <laughs> for a couple of years. Yeah. So some of the, so some of the people I'm thinking of, like, I'd love to go, I'd love to pick Saquon. I love I know. <laughs> that man. He's just a great person and, you know, generational talent, as they say. And I was, you know, I was okay with the pick. I'll put it that way. Um, but it's hard because not only was he injured last year, but the year before that, um, there was just, was not a very productive uh, running game going on there uh, with the giants. And for whatever reason, I'm not saying it's his fault, but yeah. Yeah. So one team that I know has done a lot of winning though, I'm not, you know, I don't have to be a hockey expert to tell you that the Islanders have done a lot of winning and yeah. they've, not only done a lot of winning, they've made back-to-back postseason runs where they went deep. And so <laughs> I guess I'm going to go hockey here. And I guess I'm going to go Matt Barzell for the Islanders. I love that. I do think that hockey needed representation and I knew the Islanders needed representation, but I didn't want to be the one to say it. <laughs> so <Benny>. thanks. <laughs> Anytime. I'm yeah. just trying to keep it. I'm just trying to keep it as fair and just as possible. I'm going into this list and I'm like, wait, we're doing it. We're doing a New York list. I haven't gotten the big blue at all here. I'm like, come on, let's get the big blue. And I'm looking through the roster and I'm like, there's got to be like a deep cut besides for Saquon, a defensive play. There is nothing. (laughs) There is not one player I can find on that thing right now who has helped the giants win at all within the last five to six years. So it's, it's really hard. But uh, I'm going to leave Saquon to somebody else, but I do hope he gets said on this because <laughs> it's just too fucking sad. If oh, he's not. man. Um, and I am a Daniel Jones lover, but just because I have to be and I have no choices. <laughs> yeah. The Jets, I don't even know who to choose over there. Like, like who's even the – who's the face of the Jets right now? Yeah, I mean – I that kid they drafted? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think so. I, yeah, I think he kind of has to be just because the high, he's the high draft pick and that's what their future is kind of mortgaged on. But the one thing I will say on the Giants, and this is where I'm, I would need to do, a, I think I need to do a little more research to solidify. And, and Denny, I don't want to jump you or anything, but Giants defense was really good last year. Yeah. And so I would be, I wouldn't hate a, a Giants defensive uh, pick, but. I'll, I'll hang back. It's not, it's not me. Well, before we get there, I want to go to some women's basketball in New York Liberty, who I think is a, a squad coming into their own and starting to do some winning playing about 500. I like Laney from the Liberty most, most improved player in 2020. (laughs) Oh, is that that? Okay. We got an all-star. We got an all-star six in the league in scoring. And kind of currently, you know, maybe the the piece of that team that's that's uh, making them go and winning games even more than Sabrina. So, yeah, I'm giving some love over to Liberty. Help me out with her first name. Benaja. That's it. I'm glad I didn't try. So, <laughs> Benaja Laney from the Liberty. She's my next pick. That was your that was your turn, right? It was your turn. Okay. Yeah. For a second, I thought we got out of it. Oh, wait. Did you ever... We made our case for not picking... Oh, yeah, yeah. You went Islanders. I went I went Islanders. 
and then and we then, got way off track. And then so, we yeah, went I off track, and then we went Liberty. That's but the anyways, way we go. Sorry, Denny, go on. <laughs> I had those two on my list as well, but I, I, I got to tell you the fear of pronouncing Arzo's uh, <laughs> last name and her first name scared me off. So I was just like, well, we'll just keep it. Just That's keep all, it I went, I went, I went Giannis with it. You know, yeah, right? I, just, <laughs> I just said Laney. <laughs> I, I got to say like, <laughs> that's one thing that, you know, in like WNBA, for example, people shy away from names and it's like, come on, like just do a quick YouTube, you know, it's so you, true. You got this, yeah. you got this. And I'm from someone who's in, you know, I'm in broadcasting and whatnot. What I find is like, you know, once you say it a bunch of times, like then it just rolls right off the tongue, right? It's not even a thought. But I'm glad that this name is in our mouths right. <laughs> because Benajelani right. is um, she is a bucket. And I actually yeah. witnessed this last night. I was at uh, Barclays Center. Oh, nice. Um, and the uh, the Liberty were hosting the reigning champion Seattle Storm. And the one other thing I could say about Lainey is like, she has been this go-to player and she has been a clutch player. She had the game winner last night. And I've just been so impressed with her just take charge offense. And she has been putting the team on her back through some rough stretches. And now the team is a little bit more whole. So I'm really excited to see if they can go ahead and make a playoff push. When you have one of those names coming up, <laughs> like, like, you know, you're about to cover someone with a tough yeah. name. Do you Google like the emphatic spelling of it and practice it a bunch of times before you run up on the air? I do practice it a bit. I do. Yeah. Because I don't want to get up in my head and be right. like, I don't want to be in the moment and be guessing. I want right. to know ahead of time and nobody's perfect. And sometimes there's just not time, you know, sometimes like it, we're on a deadline and we're, we got to go live in the air at 11 or whatever time. And, you know, something happens and it's a player that you're not that familiar with. Right. And, you know, I'll usually ask if I don't have time to like do a Google and, and search a YouTube clip and hear a play by play announcer say it a couple of times, if I don't have time for that, I'll revert to like, Hey, you know, somebody who knows <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever, how do you pronounce this? And I'll try to say it to myself a couple of times, but you know, it doesn't always, uh, doesn't always work out that way. What's the hardest one you ever mastered that you just um, have down now? You know, like it's, it's crazy because like I said, once you are so familiar with the player, like it doesn't become a thing anymore. Like right, to me, right, it's right, not right. a thing to say on Tentacumbo. It's not a thing to say Ionescu, um, because I've just done it so many times. Um, and it's a, you know, it's a familiarity thing. And, and that's why it's so important that we have this recognition of certain athletes and particularly female athletes who are generally undercovered because, you know, once it's a recognition, you know, it's, it, it's not even like, it, like I said, it's just not a thing. It's just like, oh, Sabrina Unesco, like, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> I know her. That's so, true. but I'm trying to think, um, I don't know. I, I really I don't even have an answer. Cause like I said, I just, it becomes, I, I slay the dragon after like yeah. a couple of times, you know, just get it in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. I know sometimes when you're playing music, it's the, it's the overthinking that gets you, you know? Oh yeah. And as a drummer, sometimes I'll be up there and I'll be just zoning out and I'll be like, Oh shit, what's next. <laughs> and if I never asked that question, I never would have had a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you start thinking about it, you're like, Oh fuck, I don't even know what's yeah. next. Also, you know? there's a big difference between 
reading something, like if you're reading like a script or just right. having a conversation like we are right now. Sure. Sometimes things look different on paper. Sometimes you look at the letters right, and you're like, right. what? Wait, what? <laughs> no, I'm Ron Burgundy? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stay classy. Oh, man. All right. N- number 12. While well, you all were having that conversation about what's next, I was looking yeah, down at, at my list like, oh, my God, what's next? <laughs> oh, boy. This is this is tough. And, you know, I'm just going to have to make this decision in, in real time. So I'm, I I feel like it would be a very me thing to go with Evan Fournier, the guy that just stepped foot in New York, but, you know, yes. helped lead France to the silver medal. But, you know, we got to have some local uh, and some recency bias. So I got to go with the guy who is just outside of the MVP voting in the NBA. I got to go with Julius Randle here. I mean, Air. fair, fair. I, I wish that I wish so badly he had a better playoffs, Yeah. but he did have a great year and he was the most improved player in the NBA. And unlike Benny, I'm going to give him a little credit and say, I think he's a big piece of the Knicks future. I don't know that he's the centerpiece, but I think the fact that they locked him up on a pretty team friendly deal is very good for the Knicks books and it's good for everything on the court because he was such a big part of, of sure. them coming back into relevance. So, yeah. um, so I'm with that. So my um, point, my point to that quickly was that yeah. I think, I think Randall, the thing I think we saw at a Randall last season is the very best of Julius Randall. I think what we saw in the regular season is his ceiling. Okay. And so, but if I that's- just, if that's okay, I'm cool with that because he averaged he's, a lot. I mean, what didn't he average like almost 30 points? He's like great, but you're not <laughs> winning like an NBA championship with like peak Paul Millsap, which is kind of what it looked like. So <gasps> that's why I, I like him quite a bit, but I think he's too much of a tweener between the four and five. Not enough offensive diversity where you can just like toss Julius Randle the ball and expect to happen or expect him to lock people down on defense one way or the other. I just don't think you're winning a ring with him as your chip. Okay. But I think I'll just say that I think some of those issues that you're discussing will be solved by the Knicks having a proper full-time point guard because it won't necessarily have to be like the ball in his hands all the time. Yes. And what's, what's interesting is from the previous year to last year, we saw so much growth from him in terms of decision making. Sure. And when we got into the playoffs, all and of the perimeter sudden, shooting, I guess. Too. Yes, and perimeter shooting for sure. But when we got into the playoffs, we saw the lack of flexibility at point guard really affect Randall. I don't think a lot of mm. people have talked about this. So the fact that they really only had Derek Rose to rely on in that role. Somebody who shouldn't be playing an entire game from start to finish. There were a lot of holes as far as the offense running the offense. And what ended up happening was Julius Randle was kind of diverting to some of his old ways from the previous season of Mm. sort of making the wrong decision or overthinking what to do and and which way to go. So I'm looking forward to, um, you know, some of those issues hopefully being solved and the team overall being more cohesive. But that sort of brings me to my um, dilemma here for my next pick, because, you know, I, I'm a big fan of the Campbell Walker pickup. I think um, we haven't seen sort of the last of him. You know, I don't think his, his NBA sort of story is going to continue to sort of 
end or or on this trajectory that it turned into when he was in Boston. Um, and what's kind of interesting too is you're talking about somebody who was already kind of a New York legend because of some of his you know famed uh, plays at Madison Square Garden when he was part of UConn and Kemba. But I'm a little torn. We've had a sort of a basketball heavy list here, and um, we've we already talked about uh, you know our issues with the football side of things. And uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm such a hoops, like I am a hoops junkie, but yeah. I have made a surprising number of baseball picks today. And the thing that I'm, I'm toying with is uh, Pete Alonso mm-hmm. because yeah. even though the Mets um, have missed out on the playoffs, he has been, he definitely has been the face of the team. He has been offensively very reliable um, right now. He's, kind of the one of the only ones um, on the team that's consistently producing runs. And not only that, but he's, you know, he's won the home run derby a couple of times. Like he's very much out there. So I'm kind of like, this is where it gets really, this gets where it gets really sticky. Like, do I go Alonzo <laughs> here? Do I go Saquon? I'm going to, I'm going to hold off on Kemba for now because I just, just, we just haven't seen enough. Oh, um, I think I'm taking your leavings either way. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So what do you, what do you, what do you guys think? I mean, those are literally my next two on the list. Uh, Alonzo and Saquon. Yeah. Yeah. I think Alonzo is, you know, I, I might've thought Lindor could have been that going into the season, but you know, seeing what we see and not to say like, I mean, it's hard not to imagine that he's another one of the Roberto Alomar move on, you know, tales of the Mets of a great player who just fell to shit when he got there. I really hope that's not the case because I like Lindor. But I do think uh, Alonzo's in that Aaron Judge kind of role now. He had that just monster rookie season, you know, um, put his name on the map as like the guy moving forward. So like it or not, Pete Alonzo is the face of the Mets offense. Yeah, so I I think you're helping me make my decision, which I'm, I'm happy about that we've had this consultation. Let's <laughs> let me just confirm what pick am I technically? Am I You are 13. What this is 13? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So we are getting down to the wire. That's right. Um but uh again, we'll see. Like we could redo this list. This is my whole thing about this top 15 <laughs> current New York athletes. Like we could redo this list at the end of the baseball season, at the end of the WNBA season, at you know what, you know, in three months from now, and this could be a little different. And so understanding that this is imperfect, I'm just going to go with my gut and say Alonzo here. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Um, okay, so as I said, I'm taking your leavings. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's here's where I'm, I'm actually, but I'm a little torn now. And I yeah. think it's because you sold me. Yeah. You know, Saquon was this, you know, exceptional college player who – you know, anytime he's had a run in the NFL for a little while, it's usually pretty good. But as you said, who knows what that year was a couple years ago? He's running behind literally like a high school offensive line. Yep, yep. And I have no idea if he's good or not. Like, you know, it's it's almost um, I think the jury's still out in a lot of ways if he can stay healthy and what level he's going to perform at when he actually has like an adequate offense around them. And the thing that actually performed last year and I'm expecting to perform next year is the defense. So 
I'm going to go ahead and go with Leonard Williams. Okay. I think that's an extremely important part of the Giants defense for uh, pass rush, run defense. Um, He had a, you know, career high in sacks. He got um, brought back on a, on a big deal where I think he's meant to, to semi anchor the defense and anchor the line. And that's probably going to be the um, linchpin of the Giants if they plan on winning any games next year. So I'm going Leonard Williams here. Wow. How about that? A little New York Giants action on this list. All right. I got... had to, you had to give them some representation here. That's you true. know, that's true. Like it's... So wait, so we're coming down to the last couple picks here. This yeah. is the last pick, I believe. 15. You're the last pick. This is tough. Yeah, this no, is tough. No, no. Once we get once we get through 15, let's debate all the things other yeah. people that could have been on the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But go sure. on, Denny. Because I'm definitely leaving your girl Sabrina off the list. Yeah, which is tough. That's because tough. There's somebody playing in New York right now that is tearing it up, uh, leading their team to one of their best ever finishes at 15, and I'm going to appeal to a certain sect of Twitter with this one. I'm going to go with Midge Purse. Four goals in her 10 games in the NWSL season. Uh, Gotham is back at 2011 Sky Blue levels. Uh, they're, at, they're at third and arguably the hardest league to win in the in, in entire world. Um, and then off the field, too, uh, Midge Purse actively involved in the equal pay thing at, at the White House, showing up at the White House with Megan Rapino. So on the field, she's crushing it, uh, really stepped up while the Olympic uh, players were away came dangerously close to making the olympics herself probably should have been there if you ask some people so but four goals in in her last 10 games uh and assist as well gotta put midge purse in the top 15 right now okay so as i mentioned you know we're we are through 15 players we're doing this round robin and so there's there's not necessarily a, a set rhyme or reason to this but and I and I love the pick. I love the um, diversity of our picks. Mm-hmm. But I can see, you know, Denny. You obviously you're a soccer fan. Yeah. So that's pretty. That's pretty clear. I can see that. Um, it's hard for me to look at this list and not see a Saquon Barkley. It's hard for me to look at it and not see maybe even. We were talking about the Jets before. I think maybe Corey Davis might be the guy that we would sure. consider, but. We haven't seen it yet, obviously, but as far as his potential and his um, sort of career uh, arch and accomplishments up to this point, if, if all goes well for the Jets, if, if this goes the way they want it to go, he's going to be probably a big piece of, of what they have going on there. So just a couple of thoughts um, and, you know, understanding that once again, um, this is a, this is a tall task and, you know, yeah. We're we're making decisions as as we go based on who other people have picked, and now we've we've run out of we've run out of picks. That's we're right. out of real estate. It's a tough. <laughs> it is a tough time to pick New York football. Yeah, it know, is. but but in uh, maybe uh, to question our own list is the idea that you know if our model here is winning. Yep. There hasn't been a whole lot of winning going on with period, any of these yeah. teams. So the yep. fact that we brought up uh, two to three New York Knicks. Uh, you know, two New York Mets, three New York Yankees, none of which have been doing much winning, even though they're more competitive than the Giants and Jets at this point. Uh, if, if it is just coming down to straight winning, uh, you know, 
we can't um, totally kick the football players off. So right. let's think here then. I don't mind aggregating our own list right off the bat. <laughs> if, oh, no. <laughs> if we need to get Saquon on this list, who do we get off? Oh, who are we kicking question. off? That's a good question. Um, I wish I could visualize the list that we just put together because I'm on. trying to remember now. I mean, we got the who? numbers I've got. Let's, why don't we do that? Why don't we recap, Danny, real quick? Do you have the list handy? Yes. Yep. All right, so the first pick, we had Jacob DeGrom. Then we had KD, Carly Lloyd at three, Aaron Judge. Um, then we had Garrett Cole, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, RJ Barrett, Joey Gallo. Um, then we had uh, Matthew Matthew Barzell. Then we had Laney. Then we had Julius Randle, Pete Alonzo, Leonard Williams, Midge Purse from first to 15th. Okay, I think personally... I got Saquon over Joey Gallo. Yeah, I I think I think maybe I I see and when I see a name on that list that I think could be removed at this point, unfortunately, it's a little unfair. Sorry, but I think maybe I could see Joey being off the list. That yeah, was the it, one where I strayed from my criteria when I was like, boy, like like yeah. like I got prisoner of the moment on Joey Gallo. <laughs> but hold on, also. <laughs> Listen, one time the Little Italy and you're sold, you know? The, the, the R.J. Barrett thing threw me because I was like, oh, wait a minute. Like, like you can't have, I don't know. Yeah, I hear you. Look, we can all use the excuse that the other one threw each other off. So that's great. Oh, okay. And, <laughs> no, I'm telling you, like I said, I don't want to be killed. You know, I don't want to be killed on named on Twitter. But, um, and then the other one, this might just be my ignorance. So I got to... Um, I got to own that a little bit, but I could maybe see a football player replacing first at 15, okay. um, an NFL player yeah. as opposed to a, you know, football, <laughs> that football player. To quote Al Davis here, just win baby. And you're on the list. It's not that hard. Well, fair, the, fair. the best thing about all of this, as you stated prior is luckily we're not curing cancer here. <laughs> there are no lives Thank at goodness. stake. Right. And we're just three people making a fun list of players <laughs> yeah. we like. If someone wants to get too serious about that, let's be honest. That's their own yeah. fucking problem, really. <laughs> so we we're having some fun. This is a great yeah. list, yeah. I think. As long yeah. as Kevin Durant was in the top three, I was okay with everything <laughs> else, you know? After this football season would be a really good time to probably just revisit and mm, make any yes. sort of tweaks. Um, you know, I don't know. Who knows if I'll have, you know? an hour to kill and, and, and BS with you guys. But <laughs> at some point, I think after football season would be, uh, it would serve, serve the list. Well, I agree. Cool. Well, there cool. are plenty of ways to get in contact with Maria on all the social platforms. You can watch her on sports night. You can follow her on Twitter at Maria C Marino, uh, Maria, anything you want to plug any projects coming up? Yeah. Uh, Funny you should ask. So as we are getting into football season, um, there's going to be uh, the return of our betting show on Sunday mornings on SNY called Place Your Bets, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. So definitely keep an eye out for that. Probably will be on around 11 or 11.30 a.m. So uh, football Sundays, check that out. And then I am hopeful that once basketball season rolls back around, I'll be knee deep in covering UConn women's basketball, which is um, one of my, uh, my big passions and, um, things that I do at SNY when I'm not anchoring sports night. 
All right, plenty of ways to get in contact with the show. You can email us at thetuneuppodcast at gmail.com. Two P's in there. If you want to see all of our content, you can follow the Tune Up HQ on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Like we said before, if you want to follow Maria, she is at Maria C. Marino on Twitter. If you want to follow the big man, he is at Benny Horowitz1, number one in your mind, number one in your heart, number one on Twitter. I'm at Denny underscore Gallagher. Benny, you got anything else? Yeah, everybody love everybody, particularly this week. It's just a list, yeah. you know? Take it easy. I don't think we're going to get too much blowback. <laughs> the show has ended. Go in peace. You've been listening to The Tune-Up. <laughs> <laughs>